MSW Media. Thanks to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. And I'll tell you, if you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, January 19th, 2023. Today, the Manhattan DA says a new book by Pomerantz could jeopardize his current investigation into Donald Trump. The special counsel, Jack Smith, has questioned several witnesses about Trump's handling of Russia documents. Domestic terrorist and 9-11 denier Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's going to sit on the Homeland Security Committee. And our favorite guy, George Santos, is back in the news swindling a disabled veteran and his service dog. AG's out for today, so I'm your host, Dana Goldberg. Hey, everyone. It is nice to be in your ears. AG is traveling. Also, there's a big story out today about the special counsel's investigation into Donald, and AG's going to go over that in detail with no one other than Andrew McCabe on this Sunday's Jack. So make sure you check out the Jack podcast. Please subscribe wherever you get your pods. It's rad. I promise you. Okay. I have a lot of news to get to, and I have no one to discuss my bullshit uh, day with yesterday, so we're just going to get right into it. We're going to hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, first up, this is from Protest and Rash Bomb, and I'm just going to make a disclaimer. There is no one here to help me with the pronunciations, and I know you Beans listeners take so much joy in me trying to navigate the English, navigate, see, the English language, so just remember that when we go through today's news. This is from the New York Times. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office on Tuesday, it took a significant step toward its investigation of Donald Trump and meeting with his former personal lawyer about hush money paid, as we know, to porn star who said she had an affair with Mr. Trump. And this is according to people with knowledge of the matter. We're talking about Stormy Daniels. Well, the questioning of the lawyer, Michael Cohen, what that did is it offered the clearest sign yet that the district attorney's office was ramping up its investigation into Trump's role in the $130,000 hush money deal. Well, Mr. Cohen said publicly that Donald directed him, we know this, in the final days of the 2016 presidential campaign to buy the silence of Stephanie Clifford, otherwise known as Stormy Daniels. Well, while the hush money was an impetus for the district attorney's investigation, which began in 2018, prosecutors had shifted in recent years to a broader examination of Donald's business practices. Well, in recent months, The prosecutors returned to the payments, seeking to breathe new life into this investigation. And this is from the New York Times. That's what they reported in November. There is no indication that prosecutors are close to making a decision about whether to seek charges against Donald. But the interview, Mr. Cohen, that could kick off a flurry of investigative steps. Now, AG wanted you to know something about the statute of limitations here. So the final check we know about Trump, he wrote to Cohen to pay him back for paying off Stormy. That was in August of 2017, okay? So we're going to follow this timeline. The five-year statute of limitation, it would have run out in August of 2022. But Andrew Cuomo, schmuck as he is apparently, (laughs) signed an executive order tolling the statute of limitations on state crimes in New York from April to November of 2020 because of COVID. 
What that means is the Manhattan DA still has until May of this year to indict Donald for hush money payments. This is a good thing. Now, he has more time than that to indict him for tax fraud, so let's not even touch that. Not sure why he hasn't done that yet. I think both AG and I are wondering that. But remember, when Pomerantz and Dunn, the two guys that worked on that investigation for years, had resigned in protest because the DA, Alvin Bragg, says he was reluctant to prosecute for the tax fraud. Remember that? Well, Pomerantz has a new book coming out, and the Manhattan DA is taking umbrage. This is from Jacobs at the Washington Post, okay? Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is concerned that a former prosecutor who wrote a book about his time in investigating Donald Trump, well, he's afraid that that's going to jeopardize the office's continuing probe, and that's potentially violating laws and ethics rules in the process. That's according to a letter to the publisher and the author, and that was sent on Wednesday. Well, the former investigator, Mark Pomerantz, he was put on special assignment to work the Trump case by Bragg's predecessor, Cy Vance, and helped lead the effort until his abrupt resignation in February of 2022, and this is weeks into Bragg's term. Well, Pomerantz and another veteran lawyer, Carrie Dunn, who we've talked about before, they quit together in disagreement over how to proceed with that specific case. Well, since then, Pomerantz has criticized Bragg saying he wrongly stopped a move to quickly indict Donald Trump while Bragg sought more time to evaluate the evidence. We all thought this was bullshit back then. Well, Bragg now says a new book by Pomerantz to be published next month by Simon & Schuster that could interfere with that effort. So he's saying this is still going forward and this is going to be a problem. And this is a quote. Mr. Pomerantz is under an obligation to receive prior written permission from the DA's office before making any disclosures relating to the, quote, existence, nature, or content of any communications or records or documents that relate in any manner to the investigation he participated in as a special assistant. That's the letter to Simon & Schuster from Bragg's general counsel, Leslie Dubik, and went on to say the district attorney's interest here is to protect the integrity of this office's pending criminal investigations and proceedings regarding the former president. That was from Dubek. And he wrote, adding that just because Pomerantz has been separated from the DA's office for nearly a year, he is not capable of making any assessment of whether disclosures he intends to disseminate in this publication might be prejudiced to the case. So Dubeck urged Pomerantz, and this is a quote, not to take on further steps, don't take any further steps that would damage an ongoing criminal investigation. Well, the DA's office is not presently attempting to prevent the book's publication. And this is a quote, again, I am confident that all of my actions with respect to Trump investigation, including the writing of my forthcoming book, are consistent with my legal and ethical obligations. That's from Pomerantz. He wrote that in a statement after receiving the letter. Simon & Schuster did not have immediate response. And this is just a note from my co-host, AG. She is saying that she agrees with Bragg on this 100%. So if Bragg is working on charging Donald for tax fraud, then just hang back for a second on his book. And believe me, we both agree on this. AG has been asking for this book for a very long time, but it's the right thing to do to protect the investigation, if there even is one. So that's also a big point there. We have to make sure this investigation is still actually happening. If this is just a way to silence Pomerantz and Bragg has no intention of indicting Trump, AG's going to lose her shit. So just know that moving forward. That's what we got on that story. We've got next up from Ramirez at Rolling Stone. Piece of shit, Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene. I am so tired of this woman, my God. And Paul Goser, 
just put those two together and we might have the same IQ as Donald Trump, which we already know it's pretty fucking low. Uh, Well, they received House committee assignments on Tuesday after the two representatives were stripped of their roles for suggesting violence against Democratic politicians. So McCarthy, he also indicated that he is going to allow, he's going to allow George Santos who we don't even actually know who the fuck this guy is at this point. He's already under multiple investigations for lying to voters about key aspects of his identity and resume. He's allowing him a committee position. So Green was removed from the House Education and Labor Committee and the Budget Committee in February of 2021. The move was prompted, I don't know if you all remember this, but it was the backlash over statements she had made before her election into Congress, including posts on her social media indicating that A bullet to the head would be the quickest way to remove then-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi from her position. Green was also revealed to harbor a belief in QAnon, as we know, that conspiracy theories. She spread conspiracy theories about mass shootings and suggested 9-11 was a hoax. Now, in a video posted to social media prior to her election to Congress, Green referred to the, quote, so-called attack on the Pentagon, the so-called attack, you remember the plane that, that, that hit, apparently that... That didn't actually happen, claiming falsely to her followers that there's never any evidence shown for a plane in the Pentagon other than the fucking crash in the Pentagon, by the way. Green also responded, that is all true to a comment on Facebook arguing 9-11 had been orchestrated by the government. Green would later state on the House floor that 9-11 absolutely happened. So, of course, she did a turnaround on that. Well, she is now, this is just what blows my mind. She's going to be serving on the House Homeland Security Committee. McCarthy said, I think it's great. That's what he reported to say on Tuesday. Green recently told Fox host Tucker Carlson, Russian asset, that she believes the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas should be impeached, a view that's been expressed by several Republicans since the party took control of Congress earlier this month. We've also got Rep Gosar. He's been reinstated to his position in the House Committee on Natural Resources, which is crazy because I think this guy's fucking climate change denier. But Gosar was censured by the House and ousted for the role in November 2021 after tweeting a gruesome edit of an anime battle sequence depicting himself killing fellow rep Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC. And we saw them talking during the, the, the vote. I don't know if you all remember that, which I thought was very odd. I tell you what, that woman... She knows how to play these things and how to like work that crowd because that guy literally put out a, an animated video of him killing her. Now, Gosar had previously been criticized for speaking at a conference hosted by the white nationalist Holocaust denier Nick Fuentes. Green also appeared as a speaker at that same conference in 2022, but was like, I don't know who Nick Fuentes is. Bullshit. Well, Green and Gosar, uh, G-squared, will also reportedly be sitting on the House Oversight Committee, as will fellow conspiracy theorist Rep. Lauren Bober. This fucking clown show, it makes me really uncomfortable that they're on the, the, the House Oversight Committee. Well, both of the representatives had a hand in the legislative efforts to overturn the results of 2020 election, which culminated in January 6th insurrection in the U.S. Capitol. And as Rolling Stone previously reported, Green met with organizers of the protests around the Capitol on January 6th on multiple occasions leading up to the riot. Gosar was reportedly texting Stop the Steal organizer Alexander as the violence was unfolding in and around the Capitol. And Alexander testified before January 6th committee that Gosar would relay information gathered from his meetings and conversations with Trump to him in the lead up to January 6th. And just another small note from AG, 
It's rather illustrative that our system is completely fucking broken when insurrectionists can be serving on congressional committees. And I wholeheartedly agree. I wish there was evidence coming out in the in the coming months that would just get them thrown out of Congress. Like, I just want enough for them to have to fucking resign. But at the same time, and someone tweeted this the other day, Democrats asked, you know, Franken to resign from a picture. But apparently George Santos, who's under a lot of investigations, can be sitting on these congressional committees. It's just mind-blowing. All right. And finally, in this section from What the Fuck Files, as I like to call them, this is from Jacqueline Sweet at Patch. In May 16th, Richard Osthoff was living in a tent in an abandoned chicken coop on the side of Route 9 in Howell, New Jersey, with his beloved service dog, Sapphire. Well, a veteran's charity gave the pit mix to Osthoff, and he is a disabled veteran who was honorably discharged from the Navy in 2002. This is what he told Patch, okay? This is what he told the publication. Well, when Sapphire developed a life-threatening stomach tumor, Othoff, now 47, learned the surgery would cost about $3,000. All sounds great, right? A veteran technician took Othoff aside and told him, quote, I know a guy who runs a pet charity who can help you. This is what Othoff's recounted to, to, to Patch. Well, this is the thing. His name is Anthony DeVolder. Does that ring a bell to anyone? It should, because that's also George fucking Santos. Okay, so his name's Anthony DeVolder. He has a pet charity called Friends of Pets United, the Vet Tech. This is what the Vet Tech told him. Well, Anthony DeVolder, like I said, is one of the names that Long Island rep George Santos used for years before entering politics in 2020. Santos faces multiple criminal investigations after reports surfaced that he fabricated much of his resume during the congressional campaign. Well, many Democratic and Republican lawmakers on Long Island have called for him to resign. Well, Osthoff and another New Jersey veteran, retired police sergeant Michael Bull, who tried to intervene to help Osthoff in 2016, he told Patch that Santos closed the GoFundMe that he had set up for Sapphire, that dog, after it raised $3,000 on social media and then just fucking disappeared. This should not shock anyone. I cannot believe how corrupt this guy is. Sapphire the dog ended up dying on January 15th of 2017. Now, after being out of work with a broken leg for over a year, Osthoff couldn't afford the dog's euthanasia and cremation. That's what he said. And he was remembering, he said, I had to panhandle. It was one of the most degrading things I had ever had to do. And then again, that's from Osthoff, the veteran. Well, Bull is a retired Marine Corps veteran and Union Township Police Sergeant involved in veteran outreach. In 2017, he founded the nonprofit New Jersey Veterans Network. He was an acquaintance of the vet tech and knew Osthoff through his outreach work, but he also shared Sapphire's GoFundMe page. So when he heard what had happened, he tried to mediate. This is what he told Patch. He said, I contacted Santos and told him, you're messing with a veteran and that he needed to give back the money or use it to get Osthoff another dog. And he also said he was totally uncooperative on the phone shocking. Santos wasn't cooperative. I can't even imagine. So Santos told Ossoff, he told both of them that he planned to use the money to help other animals. Well, Bull told him that he couldn't do that because the money was raised specifically for Ossoff's dog, his service dog. Well, on the GoFundMe page Santos set up for Ossoff, he wrote, and this is a quote, Dear all, when a veteran reaches out to ask for help, how can you say no? Well, the GoFundMe was later deleted and an internet archive website doesn't have a record of it at all. So, I mean, 
what a f- uh, fuck nut. I just can't believe how awful this guy is. And I, I can't wait to see where his money comes from because we know this is already leading back to Russia. I'm just shocked. I don't know why they thought, well, okay, we'll get a gay Republican in there. No one's, you know, everyone's going to be cheering on this because then we can say we're for gay rights. You just picked the wrong fucking gay because this guy is a habitual liar. Uh, I hope he goes down for all of this. I know that was a lot of news. We just got my voice. I'm missing the other voice right now, but hopefully we're getting through this today. There's a lot of stories. And remember, you're going to want to listen to Jack this weekend. AG is going to break down a big story about Trump. And we're going to cover some other stuff tomorrow when she is back with us. So right now we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with the good news. And trust me, we're going to need it after everything you just heard. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to boost my energy and support my immune system. I travel. I'm on the road all the time. I'm on airplanes. There's a lot of germs. So I take AG1 first thing every morning, even before I make my first cup of coffee, which I don't always need. It makes me feel like I'm ready to power through my day. Now, I want to thank AG. (laughs) AG wants to thank AG and AG1 Athletic Greens for their support. And they're offering you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. The reason I love the travel packs is because the larger package of AG1 greens, you have to refrigerate after you open it. You don't have to do that with the travel pack. So I can take these in my carry-on when I'm gigging on the weekends. It's perfect. Now, over the years, I've tried many supplements out there, and this has to be the best one. The ingredients are high quality. I found out about AG1 from a friend and I had to try it. And I noticed right away that it makes digestion easier. I've even noticed I wake up ready to tackle my day. And not to mention, it's a great deal as it replaces most of the other supplements and not all of them taste good. This does. It's only one scoop of powder. Mix it with some water once daily. It covers all my daily nutrition bases while supporting my gut health with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. Also, it saves time. AG1 makes it so much easier to take the highest quality supplements, period. With just one scoop in the morning, AG1 is an easy habit. And trust me, it pays off big time. I have more energy when I'm on my bike, when I'm going on my hikes. It's a perfect way to start my day. If you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you, again, that free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Trust me, get a box of travel packs when you make this purchase. It's worth it. So you're just going to go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Check it out. All right, everyone, it's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. Everyone, good news, confessions, corrections, idioms, assholes of the Senate. There's a lot of them now. Misheard lyrics, find the cat, what the mutt, whoopee stories. We love those. Send in your frog orgies for AG. I will take the baby pictures because they're cute as shit. And um, please, we need these at the end of every episode. It It's a palate cleanser, if you will. And we are going to start the first one with anonymous. Pronouns he and him. Dana and AG, after hearing about your work with the Child Rescue Coalition, I submitted it to my company when they asked for nonprofits to support. I can't think of a more worthy cause. Since that time, whenever they ask us to do a corporate survey, 
or some other thing, they incentivize employees with a donation to a charity of our choice. I'm so happy to say that the Child Rescue Coalition is on the list. Thank you for the work you do and for spreading the word. If other listeners out there are ever asked by your company for a cause to support, tell them about the Child Rescue Coalition. Anonymous, whoever you are, thank you so much. And I just want to remind the listeners, the Child Rescue Coalition, it was founded by some dear friends of mine. Their father created a a program that the FBI uses in over 50 different countries and all over the United States, and it catches child predators on the dark web. It is a huge resource, and it's a wonderful organization to support. So Anonymous, whoever you are, you fucking rock. And that is awesome. Thank you so much for supporting that organization. I'm going to let them know. And our next submission is also from Anonymous, but the pronouns are she and her. Slight correction. Dear AG, DG, and good folks at the Beans, just a small correction. In yesterday's episode about Minaqua Brewing Company, it's actually said Minaqua. And ironically, I just realized I'm not the one that said this. Now I don't know what it is. Minaqua, and ironically, that's where I grew up. I hope I'm saying that right. All right, you're going to get a kick out of this. The building that the brewery is in was a converted church where I attended Awana as a kid. And if you don't know what what Awana is, it's a very conservative religious after-school program. Huh. And I bet I was going to make a joke and she's going to be like, I want to get out of this as soon as fucking possible. That's what it's probably called Awana. I want to leave the church. All right, back to the back to the submission. If you need an amazing sleepy town vacation spot, Minaqua, I really hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Minaqua is where it's at. I suggest the 4th of July. And don't forget to see the famous Minaqua. Maybe it's Min Aqua. Min Aqua. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is what I need AG here. So at least I have someone to argue with. I feel like I'm just going crazy. Min Aqua, bat ski team. Have an amazing rest of the week. Min Aqua. We're going to go with that. You can send in a correction to my correction, Anonymous. I'd be happy to receive it. All right, this next one's from Matthew, pronounce he and him. I'm sitting in the airport in my hometown after a week in France for business. I just wanted to thank AG and DG. Um, Mishpacha? Mishpaka? For keeping me... I'm not even sure what that word is. (laughs) I hope you're all enjoying this. For keeping me informed all week. AG, if you're listening, I'm sure you're laughing. Conference center mascot tax included. Going to miss these sweeties. Oh, look at these sweet babies. Adorable, Matthew. Thank you so much. Adorable dogs. Maybe they look like they're St. Bernard mixes, although they're not very big. There's probably a collie in there. All right. This is from Darcy, pronoun she and her. Good morning, lovely ladies of the legumes. Very small correction on something that is by no means your fault. In fact, it can only be credited to your familiarity with classic country music, maybe. The name of the city in Maine, where Susan Collins and Stephen King live, is pronounced Bangor, not Bangor. It's Bangor. All right. This is always a clue to Maynas. <laughs> Maynas. I hope I said that right. That people haven't been there or been corrected before. The only blame lies in the song King of the Road by Roger Miller. Thank you for that. Now for pet tax, a rare picture of the box healer Pepper. And our grumpy old lady tortie, Countess Frida Kahlo, uh, Miss Stumpy Tail, Scorsese Smith Stockbridge III. Very old money. That is hilarious. Actually sharing the couch. These are two adorable. First of all, the light fixture in this photo is awesome. This whole picture setup is beautiful. And these little BFFs are cute as shit. Gorgeous, gorgeous pets. 
The good news alone is so very strange. All right. This next one was from Kathleen, pronouns she and her. Hello, women of the beans, longtime listener and patron here to share an incredible opportunity for pups. Posado Safe Haven in the Seattle area has five English Labrador rescued from a overrun breeding situation. Here are pictures with descriptions of these five darlings, and I hope five lucky listeners with big hearts can help these goofballs who have never experienced the good dog life find their perfect home. Please reach out to Posado Safe Haven for more information, and we'll have that in the show notes, but the link is Posado, P-A-S-A-D-O, PosadoSafeHaven.org. Oh my God, we've got Maeve. Maeve's a two-year-old and weighing more than, um, let's see if I got the whole thing here. Yep. Maeve, whoa, 80 pounds. Maeve's a contender for the world's biggest and most adorable lap dog. And recent win, first time on a leash. Biggest challenge, going through doorways. It's very scary. <laughs> we've got Rocky, who's got a little blip on the tongue. Rocky's a chill sweetheart. He's a gentle. These are the best, like, if a dog were to have, like, a Tinder profile. Rocky's a chill sweetheart. He's a gentle giant who hasn't spent any time in home as he's lived most of his life outside with the other dogs. Recent win, first time playing with a jolly ball. Recent challenge, he's really big. That is definitely the challenge. All right, we've got a couple more. We've got Alfie. I'm going to read these because I'm alone and these are very funny. Alfie's big 85 pound pup who's curious and interested in exploring the world after spending his early life in a small kennel. Recent win for Alfie, first time taking a solo walk. The biggest challenge for Alfie, resisting the temptation to bite his leash. Alfie, you're going to make it. We've got Bogey as a golfer. It's a great name for a dog. This playful guy has just learned to expect good things from humans and barks when he is uncertain. Uh, recent win, first time approaching for pets. And the biggest challenge is Bogey likes to bark, just so you know. And the last one is Luke. Luke is a bouncy, lively, typical lab. He's looking for an active family and would love another friendly dog to help show him the ropes. Recent win for Luke, learning how to play with a rope toy. <laughs> Luke's biggest challenge, slippery floors are extra scary. <laughs> These sweet dogs. Thank you so much for sharing those with us. Again, all of these beautiful, beautiful labs are at Posado Safe Haven. You get that at posadosafehaven.org. All right. This next one is from Proud Dad in Texas, pronouns he and him. We live in the greater San Antonio area in Texas, and our daughter will be graduating high school in a few months. Well, last night, we received the following email regarding the graduation ceremony. And this is the email. Graduation is coming up sooner than you think, and part of the process is for you to choose exactly what name will be read out as you cross the stage, as well as provide us with guidance on how you want it to be pronounced. To be clear, your legal name will be printed in the program and on your diploma for reasons that are out of our control, but we can say your name the way you want it when you cross the stage. For some of you, this is extremely straightforward. For others, you'll need to decide if you want to have a nickname read or how many of your middle names or even what last name, in some cases of adoption, divorce, etc. This is a family decision, but only the student can fill out the Google form logged into their district account. The form also includes space for you to explain how you would like your name pronounced and a place for you to attach a recording demonstrating how to pronounce your name. We strive to pronounce each student's name as accurately as possible. And that was the end of the email. In today's hyper-divisive world, these small acts of inclusivity are a welcome respite worthy of sharing. I absolutely agree, proud dad in Texas. I do think this is huge. I also like that they have to acknowledge that the having the birth name on whatever's printed is out of their control. They're clearly making an effort in any way they can to make sure that people can um, 
be recognized on the stage at graduation for their the name that they prefer. I love it. I love it. We're moving forward. Um, what I don't love is not having AG, and I miss her. So get your ass back to um, San Diego, where you live. And I would ask if you have any final thoughts, AG, and I'm sure you do, but you're going to have to save them till tomorrow. So instead, I will sign off. I thank everyone for listening today, and I hope I did it justice. I'll be back in your ears tomorrow with my co-host. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q, and take someone with you. I miss my host, AG, but I've been DG, and those the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>